Dalton with T podcast. Get any dance yo yo. How has how has it been so far with kind of the pandemic? Has it impacted kind of the amount of clients that you talk to or kind of interact with or get business from? Do you know what? Not necessarily. You know, I don't really know um, business outside of a pandemic because when I joined, it was just when the pandemic was about to begin. Yeah. So this is all I know. <laughs> well, it's probably beneficial yeah. that. Um, that that is the case for you because like you said you don't know any difference so if you can survive and mm-hmm. even thrive in this then when things do get better in terms of okay people's kind of consumer behavior gets better then you know you're yeah. going to thrive your business is going to thrive um so yeah i just wanted to kind of get you onto the podcast because one okay i'm telling people to okay I'm, or we're kind of going along the journey me and the okay. listeners uh, navigating adulthood, doing all of these different things, mm-hmm. budgeting, finance, personal finance, um, and now we've we've talked <laughs> about life insurance with um, EJ Emmanuel, um, but also it would be great to hear from you because your experience, even getting into the industry, is something that when I was talking to you inspired me. I was like, wow, it's something that um, I think a lot mm-hmm. of other people would want to hear as well. Um, Mm-hmm. To kind of one hear people's stories, but two actually understand um, more so of a, from a personal perspective the impact of yeah. not and the impact of having um, all these things from life insurance, mm-hmm. uh, critical illness cover, and all of these type of things. So that's what I just mm-hmm. want to get in today. Very informal. You can chill and, and relax. Um, it's just going to be a casual conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Honestly, um, I really appreciate the the invite and you sharing your platform with me you definitely didn't have to but I'm grateful that you did um and I'm even more grateful for um the fact that you benefited from the service and you you know you learned something that that's the most important thing so thank you (laughs) yeah so for everybody listening um this is a Don't Move Tea podcast I'm Tea otherwise known as Anthony Um, On this platform, we talk about everything to do with adulting, from navigating adulthood with personal finance, faith, relationships, and everything in between. And on this episode, I'm happy to share the platform with a special guest. I always get the guests to introduce themselves as, you know, they can only do it justice fully. So please let the (laughs) listeners know who you are, what you do, and yeah, yeah, what you do. Sure. So hi, everyone. Hope you're doing well. My name is Amida Jama and I am a financial protection advisor. I specialize in a range of business and personal protection and I offer free consultations to basically educate, advise and make sure that people get the understanding of why protection is important, why it's necessary and understand its benefits. 
you can find me on all social media platforms at she ensures underscore at Instagram, Facebook, she ensures or Twitter at she ensures underscore. I am also on LinkedIn. So you can search me at Amida Dimmer. And if you click on any of my social media platforms, you will know how to get in touch with me and book an appointment. So that is essentially me in a nutshell. And I look forward to hearing from some of you soon. Yeah, and the reason I, another reason I got you on is because it was with Amida. I was thinking before the podcast, it's like, hmm, can I call Amida my uh, financial advisor now? Does that mean that, T, t does that mean Anthony has, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool to do that. So yeah, this is my financial advisor. Um, speaking to uh, Amida, she actually ran through, okay, what was the life insurance, the different types of policies, etc. And I thought it would be kind of cool to actually break down the process of, me actually reaching out to, okay, yes, now um, I do have all this cover and I'm in a better space for it. But before we get into that, just so you can get more comfortable, the listeners can kind of understand a bit more of kind of who you are and we'll touch on that later. We just ask this one kind of question just to get you thinking. So Amida, when was the, when was the first time you realised you were an adult? You know, when was the first time, if you can uh, imagine, that you realised, rah, I'm really in these cold, adulting streets. There's no going back. You know what? I'm not even going to lie. That's a very loaded question because a lot of the times I don't feel like I'm an adult. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm still a young person. Because um, adulting, I think the word adulting is subjective. It means different things to different people. Um, for me, I guess... Uh, I realised I was an adult in my late 20s. And I know that's kind of like, wow, a a really random answer, but it's honest. I think I realised my adulthood when I started becoming more responsible for my mum. Not from a financial perspective, but I think sometimes if you look at the parent-child relationship, there comes a stage in our lives where we essentially act as the parents and the parents are now essentially the children. So there's a role reversal that takes place. And I think once I started to notice that shift happening, that's when you felt, well, that's when I felt more like an adult. I hope that answers. That's so interesting to, (laughs) that's so interesting to hear. That's, that's excellent. I always Mm -hmm. love kind of like the in-depth ones when I, when I ask these questions, I always think, "Mm, are they going to talk about the first job? Are they going to talk about, I don't know, when they were a bit irresponsible of money or are they going to hit me with something deep to kind of be like, oh, wow, okay, cool. That that deserves some snaps, some finger snap. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's really good. And what I kind of took away from that is I'm starting to see that myself, especially when you're talking about the parent-child relationship. I didn't even think that, oh, when I get, I don't know, at least in the middle of my 20s or whatnot, that raw. I'm actually going to be looking after my parents more from then. Normally you think, oh yeah, when you get older, have a family, then, you know, you'll be looking, you'll be, you'll be taking that kind of um, parental role then. But that's not something that I expected jumping into this kind of adulting process. You said not from a personal, not from a financial side, but a kind of personal mm-hmm. side. Would you like to elaborate on that more? And Yay! kind of how, yeah, how that kind of affected your journey into the kind of life insurance slash kind of just cover industry with she insurance 
Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, my journey is very zigzaggy. So as we all know, life is not linear. Um, so I'm going to say something and it might contrast and talk about something else. So firstly, in terms of uh, the relationship with my parents, I guess I lost my dad at an early age. I lost my dad when I was 21. Um, so I th- And also I'm an older sister. So naturally being an older sibling, you kind of are thrust into responsibility quite early on. So I think for me, um, I've always taken on a responsible role from a from an older sibling perspective. But in regards to my parents, I think after my dad passed, I kind of felt naturally that, you know, I had to start looking into things for myself and start looking at my finances a lot more clearer, um, try to understand it all a little bit better. Um, granted, it did not get better for a long time after that, <laughs> if I'm being completely transparent. But um, I think when you when a death happens in the family, it shocks you. And it kind of makes you reevaluate your whole lifestyle and how you've been living, how life was as you had known it. So in terms of insurance and how I got into the industry, um, just to basically narrow it down a little bit better. When I lost my dad, um, a lot of things happened. So firstly, it was in 2009. So it was the credit crunch, the recession, which was already a really bad time generally. Second reason, second thing is that um, when I lost my dad, he had a sudden death. So if my dad had a heart attack, you know, he woke up one morning, brushed his teeth and that was it. And that was the second biggest thing. That was a huge loss. Um, So not only is my mum now a widow before she's even reached the age of 50, which is really, really young. She now has had now has had, sorry, the responsibility of looking after four kids three of us being 21 and under, um, the youngest being 14 at the time, which is already, again, another huge transition. And then we have had a situation where um, a par- my, my dad, or sorry, my parents, sorry, had a property that they had invested in, and that was meant to be our new family home. And because, of course, we weren't able to keep up with the mortgage payments, etc., we then had to sell that property and go back into private renting, which, of course, it is another transition. Um, thereafter, what we found out is, you know, once you go through the belongings of a deceased person, we found out that actually my dad had a life insurance policy in place, but he had cancelled it two months before he had died. So at that point in time, that's when I realised, whoa, we could have actually had 100k here and that would have helped and changed the, the course of our lives significantly. Um, so when we didn't have that, that kind of opened my eyes and said, wow, okay, we need to get covered. We need to get insurance. I, I need to understand what this thing is. Fast forward a few years, a friend of mine was in the industry. She was getting her training and she was getting um, training to become an advisor. I kind of slid into her DMs and I was like, what is this and how can I get involved? She told me what it was, recommended me for the training, did my consultation. So I've been through the consultation myself. And then after I did my training, here I am. So many different conversations there that ultimately answers the question of, um, you know, how did I get a better look at my finances? How did I become, you know, more responsible for my finances? And then how did I become an advisor? So for for you, really, it was from a situation that you didn't expect, which is something that we spoke with um, EJ on the episode mm-hmm. when we were talking about finance, etc., 
you're putting in a position situation um again on the episode we spoke that life happens life happened life happened unfortunately mm-hmm. um but the benefit is that now you have she insures and you're helping yeah. other people be in a place financial financially with their personal finance that they won't be in that same situation because you're educating yeah. them on these steps um absolutely with with me and my journey, the way kind of okay, we've been been able to cross paths. Me as now one of uh, your your clients type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't fortunately experienced death with any kind of parental um, figures, but mm-hmm. I experienced a very close friend passing last year. One of my friends that I went to university with, mm-hmm. um, and again, it was very kind of traumatic for me and. Un, unexpected I was studying in my room mm-hmm. as I do on weekends because you know that's the industry I'm in I have to, I have to kind of kind of study all the time basically and I got several missed calls from one of my friends that we always talk on the weekends and I picked up the phone eventually and I, I rang him back picked up the phone and he said look um our friend ex is is not here anymore uh, this is the situation fast forward um i'm at a funeral with someone that i just saw a couple months ago mm-hmm. and now what i'm actually experiencing in terms of what is important what's not important i'm having all of mm-hmm. these questions um fast forward a bit more i start the podcast and i'm realizing that oh okay i actually have a voice people actually want to listen to me people are actually kind of um taking away things and i'm now at a a place where i'm better with my finance because of things like that again not a a traumatic situation um Mm. so i think it's quite good conversation to have because like I always say on podcasts this podcast is about kind of showing people one people are specialists in their in their their industry but two actually understanding the stories that actually fuel these people doing great things um Mm -hmm. with kind of your journey okay you've understood that you wanted to do this you wanted to get into this industry what setbacks, if any, did you really experience along this journey of, you know, the transition? Not, I haven't really experienced any major setbacks as yet, thank God. But I guess one of the things that are one of my biggest challenges sometimes is just trying to recreate yourself and trying to stay relevant. I guess when anyone is starting a business or when anyone is um, doing something new, there is that fear factor of, can I do it? do I actually know what I'm talking about? And sometimes um, it takes time for you to understand what you're actually doing and it takes time to actually find your flow. So I guess my challenge as opposed to a setback is just taking the time at the beginning stages to actually know what I'm doing and know which direction I wanted to go in in terms of like outreach. Um, I hope that answers the question. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, that, that's pretty honest and I think the, mm-hmm. the fact that you chose challenge instead of setback speaks to mm-hmm. what that's something that I've done in terms of um, making sure that the language I use about myself along this journey of adulting navigating adulthood is positive mm-hmm. 
Like daily, I'm yeah. in a situation now, I read um, kind of affirmations that I create about myself that okay. relate to different aspects of my life, which is something, mm-hmm. you know, maybe two, three years ago, I thought that's, that would be, that's cringy, bro. Who, who does that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, but I, one of the things that I've written down is that like thoughts become things, like thoughts are, you know, mm-hmm. thoughts actually become things. These things are, are powerful, what we say about ourselves, how we view ourselves, and that's going to influence our behavior uh, yeah. to the point that now I'm talking about things I'm sharing things that I was reading about I was um, mm-hmm. sit, sitting down and attending talks um, people mm-hmm. that I watched on YouTube three four five years ago now they're on the podcast and we're talking and we're mm-hmm. joking and it's like okay cool you know um, not too much on my views have slightly changed on um, um, basically um, kind of manifestation and things like that but I do believe, yeah. you know, what you speak into your life has a huge effect on the direction that you take. Yeah, what made you want to, like, get into um, affirmations, manifestations and things like that? What was the turning point as to what inspired you to start doing this? Um, well, I'll, I'll read something on my phone, which basically mm-hmm. can kind of allow you and the listeners to understand my mind a bit more. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, it's one of the kind of things that I try to read my, read to myself daily. Um, okay, one of them, point 27, is I'm rich, resourceful, and actively living a life full of bliss, learning and experiencing um, each day. And two is I'm committed to self-love, healing, and renewing my mind each day. And I engage with content that helps me achieve this readily. So the reason I put those things there, just to give the you guys kind of some information about why I do those things, is because I've had several traumatic experiences as well as good experiences, like like most people, I would say. Um, and I've come to realize that, okay, me, my journey, I'm a Christian. The journey of actually, okay, becoming successful in whatever you want to do, it's, it's a journey that you have to give you have to give it 100% every single day all your best ability every single day and sometimes it feels like okay i essentially need to start afresh each day with the things i'm doing so reading these things is kind of like i'm creating a positive environment in my mind so i can have the energy to do all these things that i'm doing um to wake up early to exercise regularly to make my majority of the food i eat healthy to you know still contact people to not have a, a cold heart when um let's say it's creating as a creator you're putting out but you're not getting back what you think you deserve to get back with the effort you're put you're putting into your craft um yeah. so I'm, I'm essentially creating a climate of positivity to help me get to where i need to go mm-hmm. oh i get that yeah. so what like but Okay, because I know you mentioned that you, you've gone through some traumatic things. What are, like, some of the things that you've been through, if you don't mind talking about them? So just so we can, like, get a better understanding, because obviously for you to have become this person versus who you were before, you something has to have transitioned. I just want to kind of understand that. So A lot of it has just been what, what I've seen and witnessed. Um, I was speaking mm-hmm. to a listener, actually, today, and he was talking about, okay, why do I do the things I do and stuff like that? And maybe the things that people don't know about me yet along the journey of me podcasting is like, um, I used to live in Stockwell um, in London. I moved to Essex mm-hmm. when I was six. Um, that transition can be, you know, 10 episodes of its own. But I came into Essex and I wasn't, 
we were one of the first kind of black families in the area. With that comes experiencing uh, racism and everything around that. Um, maybe in my kind of personal life, um, you know, my first experience of like death in the family wasn't like a, a, a great one. It wasn't something that was, okay, it was always expected and kind of similar to yours. It was kind of like bang and like your whole world turns upside down and um, you start to realise how fragile life is. Again, uh, fast forward, like I mentioned previously, um, my friend passing away, all these things, they're kind of like um, God knocking on my on my spirit saying, look, you're here for a short amount of time. You know what gifts I've given you, use them. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of um, my, where I'm at really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's deep. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is deep. Um, yeah, it is, but it's real. And this this is what I want this podcast to be, um, kind mm-hmm. of stripping back, um, kind of, I don't know, the, the image that we can easily all portray as the best version of ourselves or, okay, this is us, we're, we're booked, we're busy, we're, you know, we're high, car, we're high class, we're doing all these things, but in reality... Yeah. Um, the picture isn't all um, roses. And I think it's something yeah. that we need to speak about, um, mm-hmm. especially as Black people, because that's a topic on its own. Black people mm-hmm. and addressing trauma, Black people and addressing personal mm-hmm. finance, um, talking to your family about finance, mm-hmm. um, asking your parents, okay, we have a house. Do you have insurance with, with the house? Or do you have personal yeah. insurance? Do you have a pension? Do you have a will? All these questions I'm starting to think about and ask. Yeah. And at the same time, I have the ability to share. So I, I, I will share. And that's what we're doing today, you know? Amazing. And I feel like, especially when you're talking to people, um, especially people in our community about insurance as a whole or about protecting themselves or about finances, there's such a thick ignorance and um, an assumption as to why you're asking like for example when I talk about insurance a lot of people say well I don't need insurance I feel like I'm speaking death into my life or I'm welcoming death in or a lot of people also say um, specifically people of faith they say well Jesus is my protector God is my covering um, why would I need cover I'm good and then I'm like but whether you're a person of faith or not death is not a respecter of anyone sickness is not a respecter of anyone or similarly why why is it seen to why is protecting yourself always seen as a negative why is it not seen as a contingency plan do you get what i mean i agree 100 yeah yeah a lot of people always think oh well all these big companies and all and other communities oh they're you know, we see things about trust fund babies, essentially is what I'm trying to say. We see things, um, even films have seen that where people have inherited thousands and that's because they had financial foresight. So why are we being our own limitations and getting in our own way of actually inheriting things as well? Why can't our children be trust fund babies? Hundreds. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's 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 a bit it's sad sometimes when i when i hear it and um it's like when when are we gonna get better yeah um again uh for those who don't know yourself and ej actually work for the same company but you're yeah, self-employed and 
um, one of the his sayings, he says, don't ever play yourself. When are we ever, you know, wh- when is it going to be the time or what generation is it going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, is it going to be us or are we going to leave it to the next one mm-hmm. um, to actually sort ourselves out? Um, again, I think yesterday I was ch- just chilling with my family or whatever mm-hmm. um, and we were watching like weddings and stuff like that as, mm-hmm. you know, a- African people do for some it. reason. <laughs> That, that that's a whole nother story but um yeah and I was trying to try, kind of explain to them that kind of my view on that has changed and it mm-hmm. kind of relates to what we talked about because a wedding is a day but marriage is a lifetime you know mm-hmm. and often we can prepare for the day we can pair we can um we can prepare for the day but we're not really prepared for what happens after that um, mm-hmm. The same thing I think is with, okay, life, you know, we have the now, so we prepare for the now, we enjoy the now, be it going out, um, be it, you know, doing drippy drippy on socials, yeah. which is, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's, it's, it's 100% real, doing drippy drippy on socials, okay, we, we're living in the now, No, nobody's going to do it for us, you know, mm-hmm. Talking, be it about pay, pensions, or um, the life insurance or cover. And there's really no excuse to kind of at least engage or at least get your awareness up. We have social media. There's people like yourself. She she ensures DM message. Oh, I don't know about this. Um, could you inform me about this? Can I have a quick call about this? All of this is free. Mm-hmm. This is another thing maybe in terms of like, okay, if if we kind of discuss myths and stuff like that, to have mm-hmm. a consultation with a FCA approved financial advisor like yourself um, is is free most of the time, right? Is that correct in, yeah, in the industry? Free. Isn't, isn't, there's no most of the time associated with it. It's free. It's a free consultation that is provided to get you educated, to get you the understanding, which is exactly what I started off with. Um, because a lot of people, they always say, oh, how much do I have to pay? They As soon as they hear financial advice, they're like, oh, gosh, um, I have to pay. And I'm like, no, it's actually free. And they're like, oh, wow. And I think sometimes that's what stops us because we have these preconceived notions about how much we're going to have to fork out. So already we're not even interested. But how much is how much is developing yourself? Like, what's it worth? Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I get you. And it's something that I'm telling myself or I'm having more conversations about myself um, about that. Be it um, mm-hmm. now, okay, I've kind of sorted out the life cover with you, blah, blah, blah. That's cool. Outside of that, I'm thinking, okay, my creative endeavours, how much do I value what I do? How much money am I willing to put behind it? Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And these questions are quite sobering because it allows us to actually say, okay, look, am I actually taking this seriously? Is this a side mm-hmm. hobble? Is, it, is this a side hustle or is this a business? Um, mm-hmm. Am I going to be doing this in five years, 10 years? Am I going to be doing this in the next six months? Um, and it all goes back to essentially just valuing ourselves, being real with ourselves, being honest and finding the information that's going to help us get to where we need to go. Yeah. Well, you know what? Quite simply, all it is, yeah, is don't value things more than yourself. You essentially are your greatest asset. 
And a lot of people do not know that. A lot of people don't believe that and a lot of people don't actually understand that. Um, It's quite sad looking at us as a generation right now because we're more likely to protect our phones, our homes and our assets and not ourselves. When I talk to people about things like private medical insurance, for example, they, they know what it is a little bit, but they're not even interested. And I'm like, we always hear this um, common saying, health is wealth, health is this. Um, we can, we, we can, without good health, we can't enjoy the wealth that we so desperately want to acquire. But yet we're not investing in things like private medical insurance. It's just mental to me. Um, you know, you have life insurance, which is a tax-free lump sum amount of money that your family would receive. It's the quickest way to build generational wealth. But yet people would rather pay £70 for their mobile phone bill and not get insurance. People would rather spend £150 at Novikov, Nobu, um, Hakkasan or wherever it is that people go than getting insurance. It just makes we're hustling. We're living and hustling backwards. It makes no sense. Mm. I was going to also ask, like, Mm -hmm. as you started, she insures what do you think for this may be some some listeners first kind of insight into this industry what are the kind of questions that come up the most in terms of when people actually uh, come to you to um, help with the life insurance critical yeah. illness cover etc most common questions first is why do i need insurance um i'll i'll answer those as well later So first one is, why do I need insurance? Second one is, I already have insurance with my employer. Again, why do I need it? Third question as to the why I need it is, I don't have children. I don't have a property. I don't have a business. I don't have any assets. Why do I need to protect myself? Firstly, as I said a moment ago, one, you are your biggest asset. Yeah, so you need to insure yourself. If anything were to happen to you, God forbid, and you are no longer around, the cost of your funeral falls onto somebody's head. It is not free to bury you in this UK. It is not. So that responsibility should not fall on anybody else. You should put a contingency in place so that your family are not struggling. The average cost of a funeral ranges between 10 to 15K. Can you confidently say hand on heart that your family have that? Likelihood is no. And even if they did have it, why would you want them to sacrifice 15000 on burying you? That's the first thing. Second thing, I get insurance through my employer. I always tend to say, when you get insurance through your employer as an employee benefit, it is always great to accept. But the likelihood is that the cover that your employer is offering you is not as comprehensive as it would be if you went through a broker. Um, your the, the most common type of employee benefit that is available to, to salaried employees is death in service. And death in service is usually three to five times your annual salary in the event of a death that will get paid to your next of kin. But if you're going through a broker, we would explore, for example, private medical insurance, for example. We would explore critical illness, for example. We would explore how to protect your money through an income protection. For example, if you have kids, um, we can look at including them as part of your critical illness. If you have children, again, we can also look at getting a global treatment for yourself and your children 
or a fracture cover or something like that. I know I'm just dropping names, but I will, exp- I will explain some of these shortly. These are some of the things that you can get and they will be tailor made to match your circumstances if you go for a broker. Your employer doesn't care about you like that. <laughs> they don't. You're a resource to them. If something happens to you, your job is going on indeed quicker than your obituary. Pull up that song there, dog. Hey, no, can you re- can you reload that? <laughs> I, I, I think I, that's a that's a whole bar. Please, can you just reload that, re- please? I said your job is going. If something were to happen to you. Your job is being posted on Indeed quicker than your obituary. Jeez. <laughs> That's the for most. people who don't know, for people who don't know, what is an obituary? You know, it's like your um your final words. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. How you spent your life. That's an obituary. What you achieved in your life. It, wow. Your job will go up quicker than that. Why? Because to a company, you are a resource. Yeah, your obituary is an account of what you've done in your life. What do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be known for? Do you get what I mean? Um, So getting cover with an employer is good. Take the employee benefits. But we also say get a separate cover outside of that. Because also, if you leave that job, or if something happens, i.e. redundancies, furloughs and things like that, or you, you, some people get fired, that's the reality of life. What happens to your benefits? It stops. And then what does that mean? You're not covered. It doesn't travel with you if you leave that job as well. So in order to ensure that you are consistently covered and that regardless of what happens with to you at your um, employment or place of work or wherever it is, you want to ensure that you have a consistent cover in place. So that's a myth buster for that. <laughs> okay. Second and um, last thing is I don't have any assets. I don't have any children. I don't have um, anything that would need to get protected. Why do I need insurance? Life insurance and any type of insurance is a contingency plan. Regardless of what your circumstances are currently, that doesn't mean that your circumstances will not change. You know, um you are like I said earlier you are your biggest asset so the younger you are today as healthy as you are today the likelihood is you might not you're not going to be as young as you are so your your premiums will be cheaper when you're younger as opposed to when you're older I hope that makes sense so the younger you are the cheaper your premiums would be So that is also a number one reason as to why it is always recommended to get it while you are young and healthy rather than when you are old and sick because it will be cheaper. Sooner rather than later. Sooner rather than later. And then people, people, we're quite a reactive society. We like to do after something happens. Like, for example, for me, in my circumstance, we did after my dad had a heart attack. If my dad didn't have a heart attack, I don't think I'd even be in this industry. You know? Hmm. And that that was what shook me up. It shook my family up into the importance of insurance. Yeah. And I don't think we needed to have gone through that if my family, if my parents had that foresight. But unfortunately, I don't know what their reasons were, but they didn't. 
So even with my circumstance, I personally feel like it was an unnecessary struggle. Don't be me. <laughs> you don't have to go through what I went through for you, for sense to hit you. You don't have to do that. Get protected now and so that your future can benefit. Your, as I said, insurance is a contingency. So regardless of what happens to you at work, regardless of what happens to your health, regardless of what happens to your life, you're putting something in place. And you have that peace of mind. I think it would be good as well to go over kind of examples of, okay, the majority of people listening are mm-hmm. within their 20s, um, 50-50 male-female split, and the majority of them are in the UK. So with those kind of stats, at least on age anyway, and let's say they fall into the back of just having, you know, um, a normal kind of salary, et cetera, nine to five, mm-hmm. what sort of costs in terms of um, these varying cover would they be likely to kind of get at that age? Yep. Okay, cool. So with this one, I get this, I get asked this a lot. It's kind of hard to kind of put a specific number as to how much people should pay for their insurance, because of course, people's circumstances, salaries and lifestyles differ. Yeah, I'll say that. Um, And also what how I would answer that question is your insurance should be 10 to 15% of your annual salary. And um, that's also another reason why you I would recommend going through a broker versus going online or going through a bank, because when you go through a broker, that broker takes into account your affordability. They take into account your circumstances and everything about your lifestyle so that the recommendation is suited to match your circumstances. Whereas if you were to go through a bro- a bank, sorry, or go online, the quotes that you would be provided with are generic and they're not tailor su- tailor-made or tailor-matched to your circumstance or your needs. So it will be a generic quote. And I know some of you might be surprised that I said don't get an insurance with a bank. And the reason why I say that is because your insurance provided for a bank is one, generic, and two, not provided on an advised basis. So banks are not qualified or trained to give financial advice on insurance. So they themselves use a broker. And I know this because it says it on the fine print. So cut out the middleman, go for a broker, get protected properly so that your needs are met. Very One of the very important, yeah, 100% very important. One of the things that I was surprised and quite pleased with when I sat down with you and, okay, we were going through things for myself, I wasn't aware that, again, it was one of the questions that I asked you, if you remember, that, okay, it being tailored for my situation, you can actually, the for example, the life insurance you get um, and the critical illness cover, it can be from two different um, places. It doesn't all have to be from the same place. That's something that I was ignorant to. But again, mm-hmm. being able to speak to somebody like yourself, informed, educated, and regulated, FCA approved, that was something that you were able to educate mm-hmm. me on and advise me on mm-hmm. um, so I could get the best thing for me, not just mm-hmm. something that I could, like a product, just to pick up out of the, the store that would be generic mm-hmm. and not kind of suited for yeah. my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you would want to explain or share in terms of, okay, yes, we've covered figures, 
but anything else on your mind at the moment in general i'm gonna just break down a few of the covers that um people might need i know it might have been broken down before but i'm going to talk about a few covers just so people get an understanding of what what things actually mean so for example um a critical illness cover is a tax-free lump sum amount of money that your family or yourself would receive in the event of a serious illness now a serious illness can be a number of things and to name a few um a heart attack which is what my dad had a stroke cancer type 1 diabetes, Alzheimer's, dementia, multiple sclerosis, kidney failure. Those are some of the examples of a critical illness. And the tax-free lump sum amount of money that you receive from that can be used to provide you with options. So I say options um, in the sense of it can basically provide you with private care, for example. It can basically be utilised to... um, pay for anything that you might need to be refurbished in your household because of course some serious illnesses might require you to have a stair lift because you can no longer manually walk up your stairs or it might require you to actually hire and outsource privatized care in terms of living carers and in our communities um, because we hadn't had the resources to be able to outsource that service that responsibility fell on a family member So with the injection of money that comes in, you will be able to make decisions. Or similarly, you can decide, you know what, I want to take some time off work because I just went through something that's very traumatic. I need to chill. So the money comes in, you decide what you want to do, and you can be better off for it. So that's a critical illness. Second type of insurance that I want to talk about is private medical insurance. Now, private medical insurance can be available to everybody. Of course, this is the this is known as the creme de la creme <laughs> type of insurance in the insurance world because it is quite on the higher side. But the reason why is because it is privatized healthcare that basically um, provides you with early intervention and early diagnosis of potential issues um, of potential diagnosis and treatment of health issues that can arise. It also provides you with expedient service. So you're not waiting on long waiting lists as you ordinarily would be with the NHS, for example. It provides you access with, you know, greater equipment, the best facilities and just better end-to-end service. Um, That is what uh, private medical insurance is just as a brief it also provides you with for example rehabilitation early diagnostics mental health um you probably might have access to some counseling services physiotherapy to name a few those are some of the benefits that also can be part of your private medical cover as well as cancer cover as well Hmm. Okay, um, the final one I want to talk about is income protection. Income protection is key. In some cases, in this day and age, because of everything that's going on, it can be actually a little bit more important than life insurance. I know that sounds like quite outlandish to say, but it's true. Because protecting your money is is essential for you to actually function. Yeah, it um, goes hand in hand. It goes hand in hand because it's like, if you don't have money, how are you going to live? How are you going to maintain your lifestyle? Mm. 
in your household, you may be the money making machine. You may be the sole provider. You might be the only person who caters for your whole family. I don't know what your circumstances, what everyone's circumstances might be who is listening. But with an income protection, if you are self-employed, for example, if you're a contract worker, if you are a locum worker, that already eradicates you from getting any form of sick pay ever. Right? Um, yeah. So what does that mean? If you're signed off work by a doctor for four months because you twisted your ankle and you are the sole provider in your household, how are you going to make your ends meet? Mm. The likelihood is you're probably going to fall into debt. The likelihood is you're probably going to rush back to work because you're stressed and now worrying about making money. And then that then creates a cycle of killing yourself to work. But with an income protection, it basically alleviates that pressure and provides you with a percentage of your annual salary, 65 to 70% to be exact, um, as a monthly income so you can sustain yourself and your household. Okay, and you can claim on that policy for up to one to two years, depending on what you are recommended. Mm. Okay, so that's income protection. Um, income protection is also available to salaried employees as well. Um, but it also works in tandem with your sick pay. So if you are only getting four weeks sick pay, which is generally the standard, you would then, of course, mm. let your sick pay kick in and then let your income protection um, start thereafter. I was going to say with um, the medical insurance, for example, let's take um, a fit and healthy 20, 20 something. Mm -hmm. um, but similar to um, the life insurance, they could say, well, I'm young, my, in my family, no in any way. I, I don't think there's any kind of medical um, um, illnesses or diseases, mm -hmm. etc. Um, and, you know, I, I'm okay. Do I, would I really need medical insurance? Is that something that I should really look into if I'm okay? Yes, because anything can happen at any time. Did anyone predict coronavirus? No. no, no. <laughs> exactly. My dad had a heart attack. He didn't have a cold. He didn't have any pre-existing health issues at all. Hmm. And he had a heart attack. You cannot base that, you cannot be prideful enough and presume that nothing is going to happen to you because you're not the owner of your life you're not in control anything can happen you can have a car accident just going to the shop to buy milk mm. you can literally that can happen you can yeah. be at work and something falls on you like a box yeah, or something it, you can fall it down goes back, it goes back to the fragility uh, the fragility of life that i was speaking about earlier that i've yeah. that i've been able to witness um mm -hmm in my family and okay uh, my friend that's not here anymore and just the kind of friends of friends and stuff like that even with unfortunately this um coronavirus 
um i've known people that they've okay they've lost a parent because of this and it's like what it's like mm-hmm. how how has this happened Tw- 2020 2020 look how how technology is just controlling our lives and mm-hmm. people are still losing their lives over something that we can't see mm-hmm. <laughs> but something that's affecting everybody whether they like it or not exactly. um, yeah it's um it's a, such a unique time where on one side we can use it to our advantage if you're in a good situation to actually level up uh, mm-hmm. rejig your your personal finance your relationship with your mm-hmm. personal finance um, for yourself one and for your future um, legacy for your future family uh, for the family you have now at, at the moment mm-hmm. um, sharing this information sending them um, um, the details of she ensures sending them this podcast episode to get them thinking get them mm-hmm. learning and just to change their situation yeah and also just to add to what i was saying about some of the common claims um with income protection one of the most common claims as to why people actually get income protection is for mental health reasons stress anxiety and depression let's talk about it let's talk about it in 2019 let's let me spit some facts in 2019 Aviva paid out £50.6 million worth of income protection claims for musculoskeletal reasons, i.e. back pain, um, fractures, mental health, anxiety, stress, musculoskeletal and mental health reasons are the number one reasons for claims for income protection. Yeah, I, I think that's not that's not something people would imagine. Again, when people think, okay, uh, maybe it's an accident. Somebody, you know, mm-hmm. they finished one leg. Okay, they can't walk. It's physical, but um, just because you can't see uh, mental illness doesn't mean that the mental illness doesn't exactly. exist. Exactly. Our minds are the the engine of our of our entire existence. If that isn't working, then you'll find it very difficult to do anything. (laughs) And Um, and a lot of the times as well, with other providers, you actually have additional free benefits just because you have a policy with them. For example, some other providers you can have... um, what's it called short-term access to short-term counseling by a BACP registered counselor you can have access to physiotherapy you can even have access to CV interview techniques and career coaching you can have access to um adults so say for example if you're a carer for example there's options that would support you to provide elderly care adult care even early childhood care even care for you and support if you are a foster carer a lot of people don't know that you can also have additional support for for example if you're going through a divorce you can also have access to a specialist healthcare nurse to provide you with a second opinion there are a lot of benefits that come with taking out insurance to look after your whole life holistically you can even get advice on for example probate trusts wills um, property legal advice and things like that there are a range of additional benefits that you can get just by taking out insurance. Um, moving on to some of the claims that have been provided on a private medical insurance, for example, is um, sometimes, depending on the, the the severity of your your illness, sometimes you might have a postpartum hemorrhage if you're pregnant, for example, 
there are some policies that can cover for things like that if you have dental issues made and you need you have a major surgery that is added on as part of an as part of your policy you can also take out um you can also be seen for things like that again musculoskeletal issues you will get covered for things like that yeah uh, the word he- the word holistic is something um that i've used further um i think in the beginning of the season when we're talking about personal finance financial well-being mm-hmm. um we're not one dimensional we do a lot of things we are a lot of things to uh, many people um but mm-hmm. In terms of protection, this isn't just about life um, insurance. It's about ensuring that, okay, like the the, the title of um, this kind of mini-series has been protecting what you love um, and ensuring that if anything does go wrong, which, again, just look at your window type of thing, mm-hmm. if anything does go wrong, then, you know, you're in, um, you're going to be in a good space financially, at least, mm-hmm. to, to deal with, those situations that just happen um yeah exactly and um there is and it's not just cover for your life or your health as I've just given quite a few examples it actually covers a range of different areas of your life that can support you so it's not just that and this is what I mean by going through a broker if you go for a broker you would understand and know which providers can support you with what so if you have a mental health issue for example or you might have some stressful moments you can actually seek counseling and we will tell you which provider is best for you for that hmm. and for she insures which is your business where mm-hmm. can they find you if there's anybody that's listening it's like okay wow so many j- uh, gems have been dropped I actually want to take the, the step to have a mm-hmm. free consultation um where can I find you yeah, um sure. yeah so I'm mostly on Instagram to be quite honest so at she insures underscore um you can also find me on Twitter at she insures underscore and you can find me on Facebook she insures as well and as I said earlier you can um also find out how to book with me there my number's there my email is there I have a link that you can book an appointment at your earliest convenience there as well and or you could just send me a dm and we can continue the conversation if you wish cool and um how I like to finish it uh Mm -hmm. the episode today is this could be anything when was I would not when I would say um yeah what is one thing Maybe a thing that maybe is unorthodox or it can be just normal. What is one thing that you've done to contribute to your financial well-being or your personal finance this week? Or this, yeah. this week? Ooh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> big, big or small? This week, uh, I think I've just educated myself on um invested actually I had a Instagram live this week with someone who specializes in money mindset and investing and following our conversation I kind of went away and had did some research onto how to maintain a healthy money mindset in terms of like Mm -hmm. understanding how money works understanding the power that I can have with money um similar to you finding some affirmations that can support and also understanding where to go and how to start investing so yeah wow. that's that's what i've done this week that's really good 
And mm -hmm. I, I think it's always good to end like that because it shows one, the people that are, I get on, as well as myself, we're always learning. There, nobody mm -hmm. knows everything. Um, no, we can be have a we can high, um, be highly educated in one area, but we still need to learn in other areas. And it goes mm -hmm. back to the podcast why I'm starting this. Is this is just stories of people navigating adulthood, navigating these cold streets where often it mm -hmm. seems like there is nobody out there to support you um, mm -hmm. outside of your circle of your friends. There's nobody out there for for you to actually get information, and then they're not gonna f slap on your head uh, mm -hmm. a high fee or a charge um, yeah. and all these type of things. Um, this is free information. This is free, honest conversations that I hope are going to help the people listening as well as myself, as, as well as everybody else that I meet and network with in, in the future. That's what we're about. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I'm passionate about. And that's what I'm going to continue to do. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank yeah. you for starting this as well. And also starting up um, healthy dialogues about, money management and things like that i think yeah. it's amazing so well done to you <laughs> yeah thank you very much and yeah hopefully uh, our relationship uh, in terms of you being my financial advisor will continue to grow and um because again i don't know everything and i'm still um learning so um yeah expect a few more messages in the future <laughs> bombard, me. bombard me i don't mind honestly it's my yeah. pleasure but thank okay. you for so, so much for having me. Um, I really appreciated it. And if anyone is confused <laughs> by anything that I've said, I know I spoke about global treatment and fracture cover, but you can send me a DM to find out what that is. <laughs> okay? Okay. That's thank great. You. This has been the season three, episode seven of the Don't Move Tea podcast. You know what it is. Keep it locked. Stay safe. See you on the next episode. Tonight I might fall in love. Depending on how you hold me I'm glad that I'm calming down Can't let no one come control me Keep dancing and call it love She fights it by falling slowly If ever you are in doubt Remember what mama told me Brown skin girl Your skin just like pearls Your back against the world I never tried you for anybody else A brown skin just like pearls The best thing in the world I never trade you for anybody else